0: Welcome to the Triathlete Hour. This week we have the fascinating story of Remy Davis. Remy was the 2019 winner of USAT's Most Inspirational Comeback Award after she was hit by a car that came up onto the sidewalk while she was training. A year later, she finished a triathlon while still using a cane. Remy was also born with sickle cell anemia and was told she couldn't participate in sports. She's now gone on to finish a marathon on every continent and is president of the District Triathlon Club in D.C., working to grow the sport among athletes of color. And she's a lawyer in her free time. It's a truly interesting conversation, so bear with us. We had some technical difficulties and had to switch to Zoom, but it's all there. All of that after this short break. Power your next adventure with Outside Plus. Our Outside Plus membership gives you access not just to exclusive triathlete content, but to content across all our network brands, like Backpacker, Velo News, Outside Magazine, and Trail Runner. With an annual membership, you get two magazine subscriptions, two Velopress Press books, a library of resources like yoga journal meditation classes and clean eating meal plans, gear and event discounts, access to Gaia GPS, dozens of training plans through today's plan software, and a free finisher picks package each year, all for just $99. This is the world's best resource for training, nutrition, know-how, and how-tos. Join at triathlete.com backslash outside plus. That's outside, P-L-U-S, one word, dot com. So this week we're talking to Remy Davis, the 2019 Most Inspirational Comeback Award winner for USAT, uh, and the co-founder, not founder, president of the District Tri Club, all right, so we've had the other winners on of the Most Inspirational Comeback Award. What does that entail? Does it feel like a lot of pressure then to come back to the sport? Do you feel like everyone's watching you?
1: No, it's, it's <laughs> I, honestly, it's not the pressure. It's, it's just, I guess, more motivation to, okay. um, to do more, to, to be more present, to be more active, um, and to inspire other people. You know um, everybody has a story everyone has a different reason as to why they're you know they're there while how their comeback story um may be, you know more detailed than others but everyone has their own story so just to be out there and to share my story and to hear and um, others share theirs as well
0: and i guess we should tell people what you came back from uh yeah. <laughs> so uh so Rebby uh, was born with sickle cell anemia. It's had it uh, got in a triathlon, you know, despite that, overcame that. And then in twenty eighteen you got hit by a truck. And it sounds like it was pretty it was pretty bad. You shattered your tibia, your fibula, your ribs, yes. you were in a wheelchair. <laughs> I mean, it was not good. No, not at all. Not at
1: all. <laughs> yeah, so um yeah, born with sickle cell. And just growing up, of course, there's challenges. You know, you have doctors that say what you can't do. Um, You shouldn't overexert yourself. You shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. Um, And for years, that's kind of how I lived my life. Um, So I was a late in life getting into triathlon. Um, Very late. I was in my mid-30s. Actually, no, 40s. And um, so in 2018, I was training for the Chicago Triathlon. And my team, we went out on a ride that Saturday morning, and things were going well. I, but in mile 23 of our 30-mile ride, I had the uh, unfortunate experience of being hit by a, a vehicle. But it was, honestly, it's one of those freak of nature. Um, two vehicle, I was on a bike trail. Two vehicles got into an accident, and the smallest vehicle got shot into the bike trail. So, um, so that's how I was hit. Yeah, and so yeah, tip, fit fractures, um, ribs, and lost the chip of my elbow in a wheelchair for a while. And um, and then during that experience, decided I wanted to do a half Ironman race. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so not the normal way, <laughs> not not the normal path that people take after an accident. But prior to that. Um, I'd gotten involved in triathlon a couple years before. I moved to the district from Florida. Prior to moving to DC, hadn't done any like endurance sports, any long distance running or anything like that. Um, Just because for health reasons, had always been advised against it. But moved to DC and like everyone was running. And um, so, coworker asked me to do a 5K, thought he was crazy. To, to even think that, um, that I would be able to complete it, but I trained and I was able to complete it. And I kind of was like, okay, if I can do a 5K, I can do a 10K. And if I can do a 10K, then I um, did a half marathon. And so found out about this crazy seven continents uh, half marathon club. Mm-hmm. became a part of that. And while I was waiting to um, race in Antarctica, I was like, okay, what's next? And I'm like, okay, after Antarctica, where do you go? And being here in the district, nation's triathlon each year. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, triathlon. And I volunteered because I had never heard or seen a triathlon. And so I volunteered and I was hooked.
0: So the, the, the seven continents club, uh, thing, it's, it's not like a real club, right? Like you had, did you have to go out and find each of these have marathons on your own? Is there someone who p- puts it all together for you? So there is an official, Okay. there is an official seven continents
1: club and they have races. So you can do it either way. You can choose your races or um, they have set races, but they will let you know that which races qualify. Hmm. Um, so that's the only thing is as long as it's a qualifying race, then you can participate in it. So I, for the most part, I get, chose their races, but for a couple of uh, continents, there are places that I wanted to visit, and so I chose races there. Which one was best? Best race? Good question. Best race overall, I would say the two oceans, half, in South Africa. Okay. And whenever will you have the opportunity to run up a mountain to be so high up in in the sky that when you look down you see the clouds and um just the people were great the the experience was was awesome and um so i would say definitely by far my my best uh my favorite my favorite favorite. okay
0: and what was what is uh running a half marathon in antarctica entail like is it snow it's
1: so it's (laughs) torture it (laughs) is imagine flying in hiking about a mile with part of your equipment dropping your equipment at the campsite and you start running so when we started the weather was actually considered nice the 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 path there's no official race course there's no markings it's it's the roadway that they utilize between the research labs and so you start running and I would say about th- forty five minutes in it started snowing and about an hour later it's sleeting inhaling, and hailing <laughs> and next thing you know there's icicles hanging from your eyelashes and everything like that so it started out Dry, sluggy, uh, dry, rocky path, and by the time the race finished, or by the time I finished, it was covered with snow, um, and windy and rainy, and <laughs> the most miserable race conditions. But the fact that you were in Antarctica with only thirty other individuals, right. it you know, it made you uh, just appreciate the experience even though afterwards you hated it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So how do you go from, I mean, you said as a kid, like, you know, doctors are telling you you shouldn't push yourself too hard um, to running in Antarctica. I mean, that seems like a pretty big jump. What, what are, I mean, why were, I don't know a lot about sickle cell anemia. What Mm. are the issues? Why were doctors telling you you couldn't? And was it mostly like you just needed to kind of work through that?
1: So no, so with sickle cell you have, you run, so it's a inherited blood disease, but I guess the easiest way to explain it is imagine if your blood cells change shape to the point where they can't pass through and that causes severe pain, um, could cause um, organ damage as well. So anything and almost, not anything, but there's so many things that can trigger it. Um, Worrying about your hydration levels, Mm. getting too cold getting too hot different things that um, overwork and exert your body and so most sports and and most medical professionals um, shun you from participating in a lot of active sports is because the running you could get overexerted Um, what happens is the loss of oxygen causes the um, blood to sickle cell, which will put you into what they can call a sickle cell crisis. And so for those reasons, it's heavily shunned upon. Um, so it's, it's kind of one of those, do you want to do it and run the risk of, you know, severe pain being hospitalized for possibly weeks? Um, and so it's, you know, most medical professions err on the side of caution.
0: So how do you manage that? Oh, sorry, feedback, but how do you manage um, that?
1: So, pain treatment, infusion treatments mm-hmm. regularly, and things like that. Um, there are, unfortunately, for, um, for sickle cell, there is no cure. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, it's, it's, it's just a difficult battle that individuals living with sickle cell have to deal with because it's pretty much anything. And everything, your diet, um, your stress levels can impact how your body responds and could send you into a crisis. And for the most part, other than hydration treatments and pain meds, there's nothing else that can be done. So um, for me, for years growing up, didn't do uh, a lot of active, you know, sports, Um, did, you know, tried a few things but not the ongoing, you know, most athletes are, Oh, I did this in middle school, high school, college. Um, so that wasn't my story, but in 2012, I had a really bad tickle cell crisis Mm -hmm. to where it kind of opened my eyes that I had done all the right things, but then had this such a severe crisis that doctors were, you know, kind of giving me that, uh, this may be it look Mm -hmm. and, and, after I got through that, I was just like, well, I've done the right thing and I had a crisis that could have ended my life. I might as well for the the next half of my life, do the things that I never thought I could, um, do the things that doctors told me I shouldn't and I couldn't or that I wouldn't be able to do. And so when the opportunity, like I said, when a colleague of mine suggested that I do the 5K, um, it was kind of like the right time for him to ask because I was in a place that why not, why not do it? You know, even though I had never done it before, my, you know, my thought was, well, why not do it now? All
0: right. And, and has it gone okay so far? So far. So um, the,
1: the biggest thing, you know, I had to reach out to my medical team as far as, and, you know, to let my doctors know, Hey, this is what I'm embarking upon. You know, what, can we do what do i have to do um what type you know my as far as my medical treatment plan how do we change that because it was more so i'm going to do it (laughs) so (laughs) how can we mitigate um the injury and uh, negative impact and so um, i'm fortunate i'm very blessed that my medical team my doctors were like okay if you're going to do it you know this is what's going to be necessary for you to do it so Increased treatments that I have to um, go through but it's worth it. Uh, it's worth it to be able to have Successful participation and success for me is not podium, you know being on the podium success for me is being able to Register train complete and that's a win for me
0: And uh You've done, I mean, you said you decided you wanted to do a half Ironman while Mm you were in a wheelchair. And you've done that now. I know you did Memphis 70.3 recently. Mm -hmm. So how long did it kind of take uh, for you to to work up to that?
1: So prior to my accident, I had done sprints. Mm -hmm. And Chicago was going to be my first Olympic. And I had always said, I was like, yeah, I'll do sprint and Olympic. Those are crazy people that do half irons and fulls. And like I said, I was training for Chicago. Had the accident August of 2018, and um, you never realize the mental impact that an accident has on you until something you know until you're truly told not just being told you can't do something, but your body not responding how you want. And so, about um, my accident was in August, December. I was still in a wheelchair. All of my thoughts of grandeur of how quickly I was going to be walking, you know, in my mind, you know, six weeks after the accident, I was going to be walking. My surgeons were like, "No, that's not, that's not <laughs> happening." Um, but December, and I started getting to. I had wonderful support from my family and from my friends, but. Mentally, it was taking a toll on me to just not be able to do. And so it was in December. I, in the middle of the night, I'm wide awake because sleep schedule's off. And I was online and I saw an advertisement for an Iron Man, And I was just like, okay, I'm not crazy enough to do a full iron, but I'm willing to do a half iron. And and it was something... I needed something big to push me and to get me out of that funk. And uh-huh. so that was in December. I signed up for, um, Ironman AC 70.3, which was September. So it was actually a year and one month after my accident. Now <laughs> I told my surgeon and they were like, no, that's not going <laughs> to happen. And, um, but I trained and in my mind, I was like, this will happen. and. Um, Soon as I got the clearance, I was in the pool, and so my swim coach was. He was like, "If you're there, I'm there." And um, so I started back swimming, and then once I was able to start back on the bike, you know, started with um, a stationary bike because I, I was doing a lot of um, of that in my physical therapy, and um, the running was the last part to <laughs> to come back in, but I was determined and i completed um atlantic city i was still in the cane i was to say i think i saw i hadn't been released yet i still wasn't able to fully walk um without the cane and i was like i'm determined i am going to complete this race no matter what and i was fortunate enough the uh, the team there delmo sports ironman all of their volunteers were just great um they were like okay keep your cane till you get in the water. We'll have it there for you when you get out. Um and so they were they were just phenomenal. And it they helped me make that dream come true of completing a half iron, you know, like I said one year after uh, an accident that had um made me wonder if I would ever run again. Right.
0: So. I was going to say I think I saw the picture of you coming out of the finish line with the cane. Um that's got to take a long time to do 13 <laughs> miles.
1: <laughs> it, you know what? It's, you, you have to do what you have to do. And the other um, athletes that were along the course, it was, I mean, at the points where I was just like, why am I doing this? There would be someone else, you know, coming up and saying, we got this or we're almost there, you know? And so it's just, you forget that it's 13.1 miles (laughs) Um, until you're finished. Then you, you feel the 13.1 miles, but um, during the race, it was just so much love and support from people that I knew people that I didn't know that the miles just went by easily.
0: And you've now done more, obviously. Uh, I'm assuming you had to take some time off during COVID, right? So how I saw that you had on your, I saw that you had on your plan at one point, like, I'm doing a whole Ironman. I don't, I don't think that happened. (laughs) No. no. So unfortunately the
1: pandemic took a toll on, um, on just my training regimen, just my event. I think after a while, every time you would get an email and you hear about a race being canceled, Mm -hmm. it was just like, okay, um, why, (laughs) why? And so it just threw off my, my training schedule. Even here in the district, the pool schedule was crazy and things like that. So I, um, had had four races on tap or five races on tap for 2021. And unfortunately with just kind of getting back to life, getting back to, you know, reality and work and work life balance, I, what I, was only able to compete in two of those races. Um, but it's like, okay, you know, 2020 got, you know, COVID got me this year, but after Memphis, um, I'm just more energized to, you know, I'm excited and optimistic about what 22 will bring. I'm actually already working on my race calendar and training okay. calendar for the next year. Uh,
0: what What is on the race <laughs> calendar? <laughs> It's crazy. So
1: Kelly, I have this weird. So now that I've done the seven continents in the half marathons and now I'm starting to feel that triathlon is my new, my new thing. It's, I want to do uh, a triathlon on, on six of the seven continents because currently there is no triathlon offered on, on, on the continent of Antarctica But yeah, that's my next, that's my next beat. I love traveling okay. and I love new food and racing internationally kind of gives you that. It gives you one day of a long workout, but then you get to explore the other cultures and um, locations and people and try out some great food. So it's like the perfect trifecta.
0: (laughs) Oh man. And I feel like, uh, I feel like, I mean, obviously if you think you're going to, you can do it, you're going to do it. Clearly you can do whatever you want or you can do whatever you put your mind to. Um, but now I want to, what is your like dream, dream destination here?
1: Dream destination. I don't know. Cause there's so yeah. many places that I haven't been, you know, it's like, you know, friends of mine say, well, you've done all seven continents. Yes. But it's, I haven't, experienced every aspect of it. So I'm Mm -hmm. still on the hunt for that dream uh, location for that dream spot. So I will just keep renewing the passport and kept collecting stamps and, um, trying out new places. All
0: right. There's some cool races. There's like one in Guatemala. That looks cool. Patagonia. Yeah. 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 (laughs) You also obviously, uh, you don't just do try you you're also a lawyer or you're also (laughs) the president of the district try club how do you have time for all this stuff like what is what is the the tip
1: so finding things that you enjoy doing Mm -hmm. and so the work and effort that's necessary doesn't feel like work Um, I wanted to be an attorney I think my parents said when I was five I told them I wanted to be Perry Mason and so being in In that field, I go to work every day, but it doesn't feel like work. It's just living what I've always felt that I was meant to do. And with triathlon and the um, district triathlon, it's being with a group of people that make me feel comfortable in a space that I at one point felt uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, They provide support when I'm thinking, hey, I can't push myself to do that. They're there. Um, even with my, when I decided, hey, I'm going to do a half Ironman, and I'm registering. I registered for Atlantic City. You know, my teammates, it. They didn't say, hey, that's crazy. They were like, okay, we're going to register too. And so they provide that support and encouragement, um, just to continue to do the wild and crazy things that I can imagine. And it's just so again, doing things that you enjoy doing. They don't feel like work so Mm -hmm. it's yes we only have 24 hours but it's 24 hours of fun when you're doing the things that you love you
0: sleep some too i did yes i throw that in there (laughs) during training season (laughs) and the district tri club um I mean, you guys are, there's obviously a history of like triathlon in DC. You guys are moderately new, I think, um, yes. or, sh- or an offshoot. But the whole part of your goal and mission is to bring, to grow triathlon with people of color, to bring more people of color into the sport. How's it going? Is it working so, Yeah,
1: It is. It's going, it, it's working. It's when you look at the sport of triathlon, you have to realize that tri- the sport of triathlon has been a lot around for years. And, mm-hmm. It's easy for me to say, hey Kelly, come watch me do a triathlon. If you're, especially in a location like um, DC that has hosted a triathlon, or you're in a city where you can easily, you're impacted by triathlon in some way. You know, you may not necessarily be a participant, but if it's in your town, then if nothing else, the road closures, you're aware of it, Um, so. For DC, it's nice when we had nation's triathlon. Um, It it made it easier because it was something that was visible. You know, when we share and we um, meet people and we try to get them involved, it's something that they can see easily. Um, So in that regard, it's helping. Um, Now that we don't have a race in the district, it's, it's a little, you know, little more work um, because it's showing people that may have never heard of triathlon. And, and you know, you may think, well, how do you ne- have never heard of triathlon? Well, you've heard of swimming, you've heard of biking, you've heard of running, but you may have never experienced or had a direct contact with the sport that puts them all together. And, and so that's our goal. And also to take, showing triathlon to a population that may not have had the access to all three sports. And so we are steadily working to increase. It's uh, more difficult at times. I will say that the pandemic has helped in a sense that um, a lot of things were shut down in the district. And so a lot of, more cycling clubs have come about um, more running clubs they're not necessarily official clubs but a group of individuals that said hey we're going to start riding saturday nights we're going to start cycling on saturday nights and so it has pulled more people into the healthy lifestyle or active lifestyle and now with district triathlon our goal is to you know network and connect with those groups to say hey That one component is a third of triathlon, you know, Hey, you've gotten that one, you know, you've mastered that. Let us introduce you to the swimming component. Let me introduce, let us introduce you to the running component and then you two can put it all together and become a triathlete. So it's, um, we are steadily working. It's a work in progress. I think Mm -hmm. as the organization matures, we're learning more about how to reach people. And we're learning more about how to share our story and our why to individuals and organization that can help further our mission.
0: There's something to triathlon like i talk i'm talking to usat recently and besides like the physical like we know that there are cost barriers we know there are like physical barriers we know there are a history of access but there's also something to literally like triathlon sounds really intimidating to people mm-hmm.
1: even it if does. they know how to do
0: all three they're like whoa <laughs> yes
1: <laughs> yes and if you've ever even i know the when i volunteered for nations i was fortunate that where i volunteered there were a other triathletes that had raced before
0: mm-hmm. and
1: very experienced triathletes. And they kind of like, for lack of it, dumbed it down for me because it's, it's, it's intimidating. You're thinking about, okay, you're swimming and here in, in, in DC, it's just swimming in the Potomac, which has its, you know, <laughs> crazy <laughs> reputation. And people want to see it put all together because that's exactly why I volunteered. I was like, okay, I know they swim, they bite, they run. But how does it all mesh together? How do you do this? And um, that can be intimidating because, you know, even with new members um, that join District Triathlon or people that are new to the sport, it's that, well, how do I put it all together? And I have to do all of them. And there's no like intermission, <laughs> you know, because your T1 and T2 time is counting against you. Right. So it's. Um, I think one of our biggest hurdles is just taking that intimidation factor away from individuals. Because a lot of times if you, it's not necessarily the thing that is intimidating you, it's the level of intimidation you feel from that thing. And so if you hear something and you feel that it's so unattainable, you can mentally psych yourself out before you even start. And so with District Triathlon, we try to take the big bad, you know, image of triathlon, and just kind of present it to people as, hey, it's just a long workout where you do three different sports in in one outfit.
0: That is literally. We were trying to recruit somebody. Sorry, I'm getting, but we were trying to recruit somebody for a, a project, like right. We we're like, okay, well, if we give you 500 bucks, mm-hmm. like get, like you can do it, tr- and um and yeah. They were also, and we literally said, it's just working out for an hour and a half. You can work out, you work out for an hour and a half all the time.
1: Yeah. So it's, yeah,
0: it's, it's sometimes we, you have to realize that
1: it's for those of us that, you know, compete and for those that have done one, it's like, oh yeah, it's just a workout. But until someone can kind of fully see it and break it down into its small components for themselves, it does seem like a big feat. You know, yeah. so I, I always recommend if you have the opportunity, volunteer, you know, and see how other athletes. Yes, there are some people that are going to look flawless and they'll be running out of the water looking like Baywatch models. And then you'll see the other individuals that are flailing, trying to get their wetsuit off their wrist, you know, and but it it makes it more human. It makes it you're know, like, oh, if they can do it, OK. They're making it look easy. You know, some athletes make it look easy, and some athletes make you look like that's exactly how I run. So if they okay, there is hope. You know, Um, and of course that's not to negate you know the proper training, but just to kind of take the mist, you know, demystify the sport and take the elitist um, feel from it. You know, yes, there are some elite athletes and they should be recognized, but you two, you know, back of the packer can be a triathlete, you know, you two, the, you know, the person that learned to swim at 35 can be a triathlete. So it's just, you know, letting people, exposing them to it and letting them realize that it's something, it's a sport, it's an activity that they can attain and achieve and succeed at
0: okay so you picked this up when you're 40s you said which of the three was the hardest for you
1: hardest for me was swimming okay so that makes sense yeah it was because i mean and i tell people you just got to get through the swim because (laughs) on the bike no matter what you can stop pedaling and the bike will keep rolling (laughs) on the run you may start running but you can still walk and keep moving on the you got to just keep swimming, (laughs) keep swimming. But that was the, for me, that was the hardest because growing up, I knew enough to swim in a family pool. Right. But, you know, I can get to one end and stop, you know, (laughs) Um, I can call for my parents to come, (laughs) you know, they're, there watching. When in doubt, get to the edge. So with triathlon and especially, um, with the fear of doing an open water swim. Mm -hmm. So, you know, of course it's like, okay, I can swim. I can doggy pedal from one end of the pool to the next, but it's like, okay, but can't doggy pedal. (laughs) There's no side of the pool in an open water. And so um, it wasn't until, like I said, I was in my late thirties that I started taking, actually not late thirties, no, end of my thirties, knock it on forties that I started taking swim lessons. to to learn how to swim and um so you know of course things that you do when you're a kid there's no fear as you get older it's the the fear of what could go wrong because you know all of the things that can go wrong um so that was the most difficult i hadn't cycled um since early you know childhood years but i was like it's a bike you know a couple times pedaling you'll you'll catch on (laughs) You know, but yeah, for me, the the swim was definitely the hardest.
0: I mean, I think, I think that's like a common, the biking is what freaked me out when I started. I was always like, oh, but you could crash, you could (laughs) fall over. I don't understand.
1: (laughs) See, with cycling, I was fine until I got to the point where I moved to clipless pedals. Right. Then a hint of the fear came in, but the craziest thing, everyone said, you're going to fall. So just prepare for it and get it out of the way and sure enough the first time i went riding came to a stop sign i unclipped my right foot thinking that's the way this is going to fall unfortunately i fell to the left but again great part of this sport of triathlon there were some other athletes triathletes that were out there and i was laughing and they were like they were trying to help me up and i was laughing and I was like, it's my first time. They were like, oh, first time on like, yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so it's like, okay, now you've broken them in. And so, um, you know, just other than that, cycling was fine. And even, it's weird, even after my accident, oh, really? I didn't have a fear of going back um, huh. on the bike. Um, you know, friends of mine were like, well, I doubt you'll never ride again. I was like, why not? You know, and... I was fortunate that on impact it knocked me out so I don't have a recollection of it. So I didn't hear the car, I didn't see the car, I didn't feel the impact, so there was nothing that prevented me from getting back on the bike uh, once I was able to.
0: not super dark, but I've always, it's always fascinating because I obviously, I always ask people like if they had trouble getting back after accidents and I've had, you know, my husband had a bad accident, one of my good friends. And it really varies. If you blacked it out, mm-hmm. it's like totally different than if you like had this PTSD, like you if you heard the car coming. It's very yes. weird.
1: Yeah, because yeah, one, uh, one of my teammates saw it and so she dealt with PTSD for a while afterwards. Yeah, yeah
0: it's crazy. Um, All right. Happier topics. Okay. So I know you were thinking about doing Iron Man, Maryland at one point. Is an Iron Man still like? I know we were like, that's crazy. Is that still the plan? Is that in the future?
1: You know, I want to say, I want my first answer would be no. It's okay. not in in the picture, and that's more for health reasons, right? But if I could get the clearance, it would still be a possibility. Um, I just know the amount amount of stress on my body from doing the half, it would just be a big challenge. Um, And I would definitely have to, (laughs) um, you know, consult with my medical professionals as to what uh, impact and and what load my body would be able to take.
0: yeah, that makes but, sense.
1: Yeah. But right now I, I'm happy with the half. And um I'm I feel good. The weirdest part is I, I feel good with the half. And I would definitely want to get a few more of those under my belt and um modify my training, modify my recovery a little to tweak it before I push it to, to the full.
0: Right, right. Yeah, I mean, you feel good because you just you just finished a race, what, like a week and a half ago. Yes. You're all recovered. <laughs> you're like making plans. Yes. feeling like good.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I can't say my first thought. Yes, it's out of the picture, but I won't say never.
0: <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So next year you're doing your tri continence plan. Yes. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what are your like long term goals here for for triathlon?
1: long-term goals, you know, I, we all aspire to, you know, make it to worlds you know, and if I ever did a full, you know, there's big plans in the picture, but I'm still exploring triathlon and yeah. I'm still, I'm not putting any limits on where I can go with the sport. Um, even though as you know being involved in the sport being involved in and being the president of a triathlon team there's still so much to gain um and so much information was it 2019 i went to the um endurance conference and endurance exchange and just mind-blowing you know just just see so many aspects of of the sport so Don't have a a limit just yet. I think the biggest, if I had to have, like, a dream, a plan, is just to do any and everything possible to diversify the sport Mm -hmm. and make it more inclusive and make it more attainable to just – you know, the everyday, you know, um, individual that can dream. I think sometimes we, we don't achieve things because we can't dream it. And I want to help other people dream triathlon and, and dream what, you know, the possibilities are. So that's what I'm working on.
0: That's a good goal. Yeah. (laughs) Was that a, the endurance exchange where they had it in the massive football stadium, and you had to walk all the way across the stadium every time you wanted to go somewhere? Yes, but it was <laughs> awesome. <laughs> it was awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, it was. It was a great experience. It was just, just to realize, and it's crazy. Even if you participate in races, you don't realize how big or what all that entails, and how big the sport is. Um, and I think the more exposure to, to individuals to see, you know, um, you know, the sport and, and all the aspects I have teammates and I came back and you know, I was like, you know, we had done our, our, women's triathlon mm-hmm. district triathlon, one of our um, events, we do a women's triathlon and one of our team members, she was just excellent in the planning And I told her, I was like, you should definitely look into race directing. (laughs) And she was like, "Hmm, never thought of it. And so while I was, you know, and during exchange, I'm getting all the information that I can for her because you just don't know what aspect of the sport there is, you know, until you see it and you don't realize what role you can play in it. Um, So.
0: That's
1: interesting. Great experience.
0: Yeah. It'll be uh, interesting if all those come back now. You know, post COVID.
1: Yes, well, that's the that interesting. COVID yeah. has changed a whole lot,
0: <laughs> a whole lot. All right, here's my last question for you. You told us what your favorite of the half marathons was. Mm-hmm. What now? You've gotten to do a bunch of. Tri- What's your favorite triathlon then so far?
1: Favorite triathlon, I would have to say Atlantic City. Okay. Definitely. Um, living this, I've been to Atlantic City just for, you know, vacation, just, you know, but going there for a race, it was just a whole new, and I've been to a lot of races and crowd support is wonderful, but uh, I will say that the the crowd support, the the race director, the team, the volunteers, they were just awesome. They They made an ugly race look beautiful. <laughs> Um, you know, because part of the run you're in the sand and they just made the entire experience. Um, just wonderful. So definitely hands down my number one race to date.
0: Okay. I've never done that one. Maybe I'll have to check it
1: out. (laughs) It's definitely worth it. Definitely worth it.
0: Well, thank you so much for chatting with us and good luck with all of the, the big goals, big dreaming. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thanks to Remy for the chat and for everything she does in the sport. Hopefully you enjoyed hearing from her as much as I enjoyed talking to her. Share with a friend and leave us a review and keep training and keep listening.